Hey folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, I'm doing things a little differently, a little experiment. For those who have been listening for a while, you know that I typically interview authors about a particular topic of biological horror, living creatures, vital processes relevant to their work. I'm going to keep doing that, but once a month, I am going to do a sort of self-podcast. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. No guest, and I'm going to kind of pontificate on a topic for an essay that I typically write. I call it an auditorial. So on joshesworstnightmare.com and in my newsletter, which you can sign up for, I write monthly auditorials. And they're just my perspective on the horror fiction world, whatever strikes my fancy. I've done a whole bunch of topics, everything from why there isn't more Jewish horror out there to, I don't know, things like politics and horror to a whole slew of topics that are relevant to writers and authors and what have you, things like uh, most recent one, Case for Five Star Readings. I've written about trigger warnings, is there money in horror fiction, all those sorts of things. So for this episode, I'm going to talk about an article that I still haven't finished writing, but should be out very soon at Josh's Worst Nightmare on my social media, through the newsletter for sure, called Horror Fiction, Art, Entertainment, or Business. So I'm going to sort of go through my piece, my rough draft piece, and sort of talk on the topic there, and maybe it'll actually give me some ideas to include in the final draft, or maybe not. So here is the way I look at it. So of course, in the beginning, a writer makes a piece of horror fiction, right? And then at the same time, that work has to appeal to some readers out there for it to be anything more than just a, a journal entry, which is fine too, but that's a component of it. And then the book's got to be published, right? So however that publishing happens, whether it's small, independent press, self-publishing, the big four, whatever, that's the step. That's pretty obvious. Now, Unfortunately, a lot of the, I call them old school literary establishments, so that's a lot of publishers, but also reviewers and some readers, they look down at horror fiction as pulp, right? I've tried to get, for instance, certain anthologies reviewed here in Denver from Denver Horror Collective from the Denver Post. They won't even look at it. They just, they just kind of turn their nose up at it. Um, and that's, they just don't typically look at any of that stuff. And that's really unfortunate because those of us who know horror know that, of course, there's mindless blood and gore and pulp and stuff like that, and that stuff's fun. But dark fiction can be really meaningful as well, and that's certainly what I try to do in my work and a lot of my favorite authors. So this question, is horror fiction art, entertainment, or business? So first I define art here. Well, I don't define it, but the Cambridge Dictionary, it says art is the making of objects, images, music, etc., that are beautiful or that express feelings, and also an activity through which people express particular ideas. So art is something that engages the senses in some ways, right? That's what beauty is to a degree. And exploring deeper meanings, say, in existence. That's the exploration of the ideas. So some combination of the two, right? Hopefully we can all agree that that is 
what art often is. But you think, well, isn't that entertainment? Doesn't entertainment appeal to senses and explore ideas? Well, if you look at the word, the verb entertain in the dictionary, it's to keep a group of people interested or enjoying themselves. So I'll read that again. Entertain is to keep a group of people interested or enjoying themselves. So this is the divergence, I believe, or can be, between art and entertainment. So art's about the self-expression of the creator, the artist. The entertainment aspect is how it lands for the admirer, the reader, whatever. So art itself isn't necessarily, or the creation of it, isn't about whether people will enjoy it or not. Of course, it's not going to sell, and it definitely won't become popular unless people do enjoy it in some way. Entertainment clearly does contain elements of art. Most entertainment, I would do. I would, I would posit. But the real goal, the ultimate goal of entertainment is to get a large number of people to consume it, really. That's kind of what it's all about. The art is fine and good, but the end goal needs to be that. And that means people have to like it first. So art can really challenge people. You know, you think of some of the offensive stuff like the piles of crap or piss Christ or whatever, stuff like that. You know, that's that certainly doesn't appeal to everyone. Clearly, it was not meant to. So art can be challenging and, and maybe should be or however you want it to be or not and still serve its function. People don't have to love art for it to be art or even good art, but entertainment, it kind of needs to be accessible for it to be considered to have much value. And I think, you know, I'm stating the obvious here, pretty much all horror fiction has both elements of art and entertainment. Some lead and lean in one direction or another. That's really up to individual interpretation. So you can have a silly teen slasher story and it can be campy and dumb, or it can actually delve into some deep truths. It can be deceptive. And, and that's why I write horror, personally. Other than I, my fascination with the shadow and things like that, but and, and to travel from the shadow into the light, because I'm not here to just bum people out. That's not really my goal. My goal is to be like, look, there's darkness and there's light in the world. How do we make sense of this without ignoring it? But... For me, the excitement, it's a genre that it's kind of a sleight of hand where you're expecting one thing. like spooky, ghosts, werewolves, vampires, heads getting chopped off, stuff that's sort of silly and you don't expect really any depth to. So you don't see the other stuff coming. So you can insert all sorts of deep themes and it doesn't come across, if you, if you do it well, if you blend it well, it doesn't come across as some heavy handed philosophy or some treaties or some even advocacy or, or whatever. So your ideology, it, it's, you can slip things in there without people noticing and really get them to not trick them, obviously, but unconsciously slipping in, or it lets down their defenses, right? So their defenses are, are, are let down. And so my favorite books, another analogy is they have that healing medicine of art, right? The, the thing that the really good nutritional aspect, and then the tasty sugar coating of entertainment to get it down and make it fun in your mouth. And that's, that's what I think is, is the best stuff that's out there. And, uh, that's what I aspire to. 
And, but here's the thing. So we've talked about art and entertainment. That's great. We can pontificate on this all day long, but we'd be fooling ourselves if we ignore that horror fiction wouldn't exist if it weren't a business to any real significant degree. The reason you see a book is because it's being sold for the most part. And that means it's something that brings in money. And really that is ultimately what shapes horror fiction. It shapes what books are put out in the world, which ones you never see. They're out there. You just don't see them. And then which ones are never written at all? Like, oh, that's not sellable. Well, I won't even bother. They, I keep getting shot down for my writing. Well, I'm not even going to do this anymore. So a manuscript's got to have likable characters. It's got a lot of things. But I just throw a few out here. Easy to follow story. Let's just say simple themes that you can digest. It should have, it's got to have the right politics, right? There, there's, there are certain politics that are more acceptable than others and or ideology, or it's got to avoid politics entirely um, for really the, the gatekeepers to let it through. It's just, that's just the world we're living in. And then it's got to fit into the algorithm of social media, Amazon, for anyone to really see it. So these are all business elements. The art can be there, but... I believe that in horror fiction, it, it tends to be, for better or for worse, it's, it's subordinated to the entertainment value. If a book is great and it doesn't sell well, the publisher's going to lose money. So there can, be, there can be and there are and there have been publishers that put out books just on artistic vision alone. They don't care if it makes money, how well it's received. If they do only that, they're going to close up shop and they're kind of erase their own ability to get out art at all, unless they just want to infinitely fund it with, on their own dime. And that's not most people. So art, pure art, at least in the horror fiction world, that's not going to appeal to enough people to get it out there to sell it. Um, and then pure entertainment, I don't know about you, but it feels hollow to me. If you're just trying to like give them a good a good time and you don't have anything to say, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I've read, you know, I want to be clear. I've read probably lots of books like that and they're still nice and good. And I enjoy them. I would say most have something to say. Um, but ultimately that's not going to really lead much of a mark in the world. It's not going to change the dialogue. It's not going to get any deeper into things. And, and not everyone wants to do that all the time, right? Does a beach read really need to do that? No, but those are the limitations of pure entertainment. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but that's the limitation of just pure entertainment. And then pure business, well, it takes the fun out of the whole damn thing, right? If it's just like, oh, what sells? Uh, what, you know, what do they want? You know, personally, that's not why I do art. I basically, so I'm a, I'm a writer, an editor and publisher myself, published things, uh, edited, but published anthologies with other people's writing and an editor of that, my own writing as well. I, I've, I've been a writer and had to get other people publish me. I'm still experimenting to find that right balance, you know, maintaining that integrity of the art, accepting that this also needs to be a fun ride of entertainment. Otherwise, people aren't going to be interested in it. And then there is an element of business. And I think that's the hardest for us creators is to acknowledge that. And yeah, a lot of us artists and me, myself, even though I've been a part of all this, I feel like the business element has been too much of it. And I feel like 
Therefore, just the entertainment factor has become a bit too predominant and the art tends to fall away, but it's still out there. The beauty of having small press is that there can be a bit more experiments. The, the big publishers are not going to experiment as much because it might be a risk, but a small press, like, all right, let's just try this here and there. And that's what I've tried to do in the Jewish book of horror. I, I had a concept and to me, it was about art. It was about Jewish culture and tradition. And that is something that hasn't been put out there as much in the horror realm. So not just that perspective, but I wanted that perspective of horror and the, the shadow through all of that. So that's my ultimate, was my ultimate goal with that. But of course, it needs to be entertaining. So I picked stories that were digestible. And, you know, some stories were heavier than others. I tried to mix things up with light and heavy. So I acknowledge that entertainment was, of course, a, a lot of it. it. It wasn't, I didn't have a anthology on serious nonfiction writing about the Jewish tradition and horror. That's fine. That would be different. That wouldn't be as much entertainment per se. It might be writing about entertainment. So I was doing entertainment. And then also the business aspects. So I had to get a nice cover, which we paid a, a good penny for. Uh, I had to pay, I, of course, I wanted to pay authors a decent rate, but not so much that it would sink the book because it's hard to make money as a small press. And then all the marketing stuff and you know what authors were involved and everything like that ties into the business decision. And you know there's some things maybe I would have done differently, but I feel like I kept those pieces in mind and in my own writing, I come at it from the art first. I, I have an idea that I think is worth putting out there. And sometimes it's just a cool little concept. So sometimes that can just be entertainment. But I don't fool myself in that if I don't get all of the pieces down and say, you know, I wrote a folk horror book and it has environmental themes to it, but the story was the driver. So that's the entertainment aspect and the characters. I made them fun and I make them dark, but you can't make them too dark because then people don't like the characters. I've been critiqued about that in the past. And so I kind of, I'm like, well, I feel like the art is me putting out a character you might not like and make it challenging. And I was like, yeah, well, most readers just will put the book down. So I, I juggle with that. I'm like, all right, let me give a little bit to the entertainment aspect. You know, I'm not, I'm not a purist, but I want to maintain integrity as best I can. And then also what sells, what is, what is interesting to the world? What is the world ready for? I wrote a whole piece on contacts, content and context. That's up at Josh's worst nightmare dot com as well. And that gets into what books actually get out there. And, and I break it down into that aspect. So that ties into business as well. So it's a complicated thing. This was just my sussing out elements. This isn't the end all be all discussion of this. I tend to just sort of toss these pieces off quickly and move on to the next one. So I just wanted to share it in podcast form to see if it could reach an audience in that way. See if folks who are listening to my podcast, appreciate this. I would, as always, love to hear back. This is kind of more a way where people can engage as well because say I do a topic on, you know, dogs. I don't know if there'd be a ton of feedback about that. It's pretty straightforward. But this topic is wide open and I'm going to try this once a month for a while, probably the first 
the first Monday of each month, I will put out this similar episode and it's going to be based on what occurs to me. And, and here's something I'll admit to end this is that even these pieces I write. So there's the art entertainment business aspect. So the art is here is something I think needs to be said. And, but then the entertainment, I'm like, all right, is this a little too heavy? And frankly, is this going to be upsetting to people? Cause I, I tend towards the controversial and I don't have, I, my thinking no longer fits into any strict ideology. So anyone who listens to me long enough, you're going to hear something you strongly disagree with. And you'll hear a lot of things you do agree with as well. Cause I, I feel like I, I cover a wide gamut in that regard. So I think about those pieces and like, Oh, will this get me canceled to talk about uh, a topic like that? So there's certain things I started to write and I've just, I decided to not, publish them or to not finish them because I don't think people are ready for that discussion. We'll see. And then that also ties into business because I guess ultimately I'm like, all right, if I'm known as the controversial person, right, which I think is silly, but these days, who knows, publishers might not want my work because of the, oh, he says things that sometimes people disagree with. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's, I hope every artist would be, but and then it could be some readers are just, oh, I heard I don't like him. And that, that does have an impact on business. So all of these factors, I, I encourage any creator to be aware of them and just be mindful. What, where's my art, art aspect? Where's the entertainment? Where's the business? And I don't think there's one recipe for, I think I could see a book, one author writing a book that's 90% art. 10% entertainment, 1% business. And then the next book could be the completely opposite. Like, all right, I need to write that book. I know that will sell because I'd like to write this other book. So what do you think? Comment, email me, send me a carrier pigeon, whatever makes sense in your world. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or joshesworstnightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg. <laughs>